0: Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan, right hand driving brown, shoves off, stops, pops, hits. Boom. Jazz 101, Boston 97. Bogdanovich gets an open three out of the timeout. I don't know how Boston let that happen. Donovan bursts out of the traffic, they're backpedaling, Donovan's attacking. Leaves behind for Ingles, right side, three, got it! Man, that was special! Back up top to Donovan, they switch Tatum to him. Now
1: they bring another defender, he fires the three. He had it! Oh, Donovan
0: Mitchell! Don't do me like that! Wow! And the Utah Jazz win again, five in a row, 16 of the last 17. They beat the Celtics 122-108. Jazz taking control of the game in the third quarter. Celtics, the trademark NBA run to get within four, midway through the fourth quarter, about seven minutes to go. And then Joe Ingles hits a three, Mitchell hits a couple threes, and it's over. Mitchell with 36 to lead the way. P.K., Another day, another dollar, nothing special, nothing to see here. Jazz play, jazz win. What's the story? Can PK not hear me? Or he's stunned into silence by the greatness of the jazz. Jazz led by one at the half. And they just stayed with what they were doing. They weren't shooting the three well. They were shooting like 30% from three. And the Celtics were shooting 50% from three. But Quinn Snyder, we know what we want. We want shots at the rim. We want free throws. And we want threes. Keep shooting them. And sure enough, bigger sample size. Keep launching them. The Jazz three-point percentage comes up. They end up shooting 37.5%. Celtics cooled off a little, but not a lot. But it was just enough. They end up dropping from 50% down to 45%. Sure enough, the Jazz pull away. An enormous second half. They scored 74 points in the second half. So... Play pretty good defense and you play outstanding offense. 74 points and a half. It's just an enormous number. And it kind of slips away from you in the second half. You know, if you do it in the first half, you just see it on the scoreboard at halftime and you realize what's going on. But that was a heck of an outburst from the Jazz in the second half. No Mike Conley, no problem. Other guys picked up the scoring. Five guys in double figures. Engels with a huge night shooting the ball. He ended up with 24. Mitchell, I said, had the 36. Thought one of the hidden keys in this Remember earlier this year, we were talking about all those Jazz turnovers. Just so many turnovers. And they really limited those. When they go to Rudy, he's open. He's ready. They only had 10 turnovers in the game. And he was eight of nine. They found space. They got him inside. They got him dunks. Didn't throw him the ball around his knees. Didn't have those lobs tipped away. And all the reads were good. So Rudy has his 18 points and his 12 boards. All right, more on the Jazz and the win coming up. They're 20 and 5, which ties the best start to a season in franchise history did it in 96-97 when they went to the finals the first time winning 80% of their games. They're on pace for 66 wins. All huge numbers. Jazz have a couple days off too. They're a little tired see if uh, Conley's healthy enough to go they got a back-to-back Friday and Saturday my guess is they won't let him play in a back-to-back right out of the gate. They'll probably miss one or the other but see how that plays out. Bucks are here Friday night 7 o'clock. DJ and PK Hashtag NBA. alley Zion! The flush! The feed from Lonzo Ball! They ain't done yet, Todd. Five on the shot clock. Embiid against Buddy Heald. Hangs. Shoots. Up from it. God, he got it! Embiid puts the Sixers up by seven with 68 seconds to go. Five seconds to shoot. Dame sizing up the defender. Steps back three. Pointer buries it. 34 for Damian Lillard. I don't think that we go out every single day of our lives and sacrifice the time in order to be average at anything. Uh, And we look very average, you know, and we have the talent that we should be dominating. Uh, You know, we have the experience in, in terms of some of our guys that have been through certain things, circumstances to be able to battle through. And we're dealing with a lot of the reality that we're putting this together on the fly. There's Kyrie Irving after the Brooklyn Nets dropped their third straight game. They lose to the Pistons 122-111. Jeremy Grant leading Detroit with 32 points. Now that he's the featured guy, he's putting up huge numbers. Couldn't do that in uh, in Denver, but, man, he's the guy now, and the offense doesn't run through the Joker, and, and Grant's putting up huge numbers. And the Nets, for all the hype and the big three, uh, they have not put it together. That was Kyrie Irving right there talking about it. They are 14-12. Now the third in the East, so that sounds good. But they're 14 and 12. They've lost to a lot of teams under 500. And 14 and 12 in the West right now would make them seventh. They're not in the West, so I don't have to worry about it. But that that third is a little bit of, a little bit of fool's gold there. Is they're struggling to be consistent. I think the one thing he said there that caught my ear is we're we're putting this together on the fly, you know. And that we we've seen a lot of teams and they make the big move. It doesn't pay off the first year. The Heat lost in the finals of the first year. Uh, When they had their big three who were planning on winning, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. They actually won two, and they lost to the Mavs that first year they were together. The uh, Lakers, when they acquired Gasol, they lost in the, when they acquired Pau Gasol, they lost in the uh, finals the first year and then won the next two. But I think everybody looks at the Nets and thinks, do you defend well enough? And you play these sub-500 teams, you know, and, and you get up. For the bigger games and they've got a decent record against some of those better teams and you get up for it and maybe you play some better defense and and you win but it appears that it is never easy for the Nets and we'll see if this is gonna work or if they're gonna have to move one of the three guys and and get better defensively get somebody in the middle who can uh, do for them what obviously Rudy Gobert does for the Jazz maybe not at that level but you gotta at least have something in there all right the other scores the Sixers have the best record in the east we keep talking about you know who are the contenders you know the lakers defending champs and they're the favorites so you got to beat the king to be the king and all that and the the jazz and clippers are off the great starts The sixers are 18 and seven and that is the third best record in basketball behind the jazz and the lakers but it is better than the clippers and the sixers win again they beat the kings 119 to 111 in the king's win streak so they get that and went for uh, 25 in that game the Heat have not had their guys, you know, and, and Jimmy Butler's been out, and Dragic has been out, and are they going to get on a roll? Because they are they're in the 10th spot, the new play-in kind of position. Uh, they beat the Knicks, and of course, with you know, 14-12 and 12 being third in the East, the, the Heat are four games below they that That'll get it together here. Butler went for 26 points and 10 assists. Good to have him back in the lineup, and uh, they beat the Knicks 98-96. Steph Curry who has been lighting it up for Golden State. 32 points and the Warriors blow out the Spurs. And the Spurs had a nice little stretch going. They'd won three in a row and six out of seven, but a win for the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors sitting in the eighth spot, 13 and 12 in the West. Other news, the Dallas Mavericks have stopped playing the National Anthem before home games. The direction of owner Mark Cuban, he confirmed ESPN. The Mavericks do not plan to resume the tradition to play the National Anthem before games in the future. Cuban declined to make further comment on the decision. This is Texas. How's that going to go over? Not well, would be my guess. They, this is what they've been doing all year, but it just took a few games before people noticed. Now, special rules this year. You can do whatever you want. A lot of teams don't have fans there. That'll be interesting when fans are back at the league orders teams to do it. But right now, everybody's got their, gets to do stuff at their own discretion. And Cuban. Uh, doesn't want to comment and make it a bigger deal. So it'll be a big deal here for 24 hours. If he doesn't say anything, then we'll die out. Um, you know, we've already heard a lot of a backlash uh, in the bubble uh, when the NBA had Black Lives Matter on the court. And we saw lots of teams, you know, entire teams. Uh, in some cases, one or two people didn't take a knee, but we saw mostly a lot of people did. And we heard from fans who said, well, I'm done. Now, are those the exact same fans? Is this going to lead to another wave of people are out? Or the people are out or offended by this but they're already out so it doesn't matter and how is this going to play out? I don't know. We haven't we haven't seen anyone do anything like this. So I suspect he'll stick with it for this year. It can't really hurt attendance this year since attendance isn't really a thing. I mean, the jazz are putting as near as I can tell, the Jazz are having the biggest crowds of games. There may be a couple teams with a few more people, but the Jazz have bumped it up now. Orlando officially has, is allowing the only team that's allowing more currently. They are? Right. Okay, What's their number, do you know? 4,000 on the head. Okay, and the Jazz are at 3,902. Yeah, 3,902. Is the number that they've come up with for now. Now, they've already bumped that number up once, and I've heard that they actually have had some, some clearance from local health officials to bump it up higher if they want, and they haven't wanted it yet. See how it goes. You know, work with your ushers in the flow and maybe bump it up at some point. So we'll see if they do. But for most of these teams, attendance is an issue right now. Most of the arenas are empty. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I don't have seven Super Bowl rings, but I think I played in an era where football was more of a contact sport. Mm. You're not seeing a lot of that now. You know, players are projected. But, you know, it's kind of hard to say. When, when you got seven rings, you know, uh, you're doing something right. So uh, I think with Brady, uh, you know, he still wants to play. He said something about playing until he's 45. I think he can do it now in this league uh, because players are so much more uh, protected. So, yeah, he can have that GOAT uh, status. I never wanted that status anyhow. Jerry Rice handing the goat tag to Tom Brady. I always thought Jerry Rice was the goat of wide receivers. I didn't know that we were comparing across the positions like that, PK. Apparently we were, so Brady can have the goat tag. He's got it with seven titles, especially now that he's done it with another team. Left the organization and went and won somewhere else.
1: Well, that's like me saying, yeah, Ryan Smith can have more money than me. (laughs) Duh.
0: It's already, the transition's already been made, but I'm glad you're cool with it. All right, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, really. Yeah, okay. Well, he's doing an interview, they ask him something, he's got to give him an answer, so there it is. Jerry Rice agrees, Tom Brady's a goat. I mean, that's better than Brett Favre saying these quarterbacks shouldn't be talking about trades. (laughs) They shouldn't be leveraged their way out of town. Brett! Do you remember the end of your career? Are you just just blanking out on all of it? You remember that whole retire, don't retire game for multiple years, and then to the Vikings? Did the he Jets?
1: leverage his way out though?
0: Uh, you know, he kind of wore out his welcome. They did yeah. have they had guess, so leverage isn't exactly at right. best it was mutual. Yeah, but it was. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like Brett Favre has any room to talk on that topic. <laughs> just, I, I'd agree it was mutual. You know, at that point. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had sat was like long Montana. enough and he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I didn't feel like Montana was mutual. Montana was pissed. He was leading San Francisco. <laughs> like, hey, we were in the NFC title game, going for a three peat, and we had the lead, and I got hurt. Well, yeah, and I then mean, all Joe of a sudden, wanted, I don't have the job anymore. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> Joe wanted Young to be a good teammate when Young was a backup. Yeah. I mean, I mean, let's face it, DJ. It's a situation you're going to face in a few years.
0: Oh, don't kid yourself. Maybe <laughs> earlier than that. Wow, well, pushing up the timeline. Yeah, a few months, few weeks. You don't know. You don't know. Uh, Tampa Bay boat parade. Not going to have the traditional parade. They're going to have a boat parade to celebrate their Super Bowl. That is what they did with the Lightning to celebrate the Stanley Cup on the theory that people would be spread out around the, the banks on the waterfront and they're going to require them to be masked up. Don't know how they'll enforce that, whatever. Certainly the team can be spread out apart from the people. and uh, They can't do it on land? Uh, they're, they're not doing it on land. I don't know if they I de- can't. I, know they I don't know, know if they not. can't. I haven't heard Well, just Canada tell can't.
1: them Biden got reelected to another four years and then they'll, everything will be fine.
0: Yeah. So they'll do the boat parade. I mean, it's not like we got this long history of Tampa teams winning. I, I don't know what they did back in you know, uh, 02, 03, whatever it was when they won. Um, so, you know, maybe they, I guess they could. I don't know what kind of grief there would be to pay, but they got the boat option. So, what would happen if the Jazz won it here? Could we have like the Salt Lake and people would be spread out all the way around it? I mean, well, I don't know what the circumference of the Salt Lake is, but Do everybody's standing really in the want mud. Want to go stand on the? No, banks I of don't. The but Salt lots Lake? of you know people who've lived well, and died. I mean, no, we
1: we couldn't have it in Salt Lake, the Salt Lake City proper. We'd have to have it in one of the suburbs.
0: Should we just have it along the Jordan River? Oh, no. No, I don't think we want to have it along the Jordan River. (laughs) No, just move it down to
1: Sandy or some other place. Obviously, it's not going to be down there.
0: Well, it could be in Salt Lake. I mean, you were... Come on. It was BYU band fans, and you thought that was stupid, but the Jazz are playing in front of 3,900 fans. So, I don't know. Dump on Provo. Don't dump on Salt Lake. Salt Lake's letting people congregate. BYU are the ones you labeled stupid the other day. Not BYU, Provo, because BYU, yeah, I think. I, mean, I think people at BYU wanted it, but the Provo Health Department was a, no, was a no-go, a no-fly zone.
1: Well, then meet in the middle. Have it at the prison.
0: <laughs> there it is. going to say point of the mountain. Here we go. Hey, once they empty the prison out, right? They're building the new one. I think PK's on to something. That'd be
1: sweet. That's the problem. We're building more prisons. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> okay, PK. Okay. <laughs> Down boy. <laughs> Let me tell you, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson sounded off on the amount of hits he's taken. His desires to be more involved with the personnel decisions for the franchise. With regards to the hits he's taken, he said, like any player, you never want to get hit. That's the reality of playing this position. Ask any quarterback who wants to play this game. But at the same time, it's part of the job and everything else. I think the reality is I've definitely been hit. I've been sacked almost 400 times. So we got to get better. i gotta, I got to find ways to get better, too. So this goes against, we just heard Jerry Rice say, you know, that was more physical, more hitting back there. And we had Steve Young on the air saying the same thing. And meanwhile, Russell Wilson's over here. Hey, I've been sacked 400 times. You kidding me? Let's extend my career. Let's <laughs> not have me getting knocked out. Sure, yeah. On his desire to be more involved with personnel decisions, Wilson says, I want to be able to be involved. Because at the end of the day, it's your legacy. It's your team's legacy. It's the guys you get to go into the huddle with. At the end of the day... Those guys you've got to trust. Asked if he's been involved in personnel decisions. Wilson replied, not as much. Asked if he wants to be, he said, I think it helps to be involved more, but I think that dialogue should happen more often, in my opinion. Well, PK, we've already seen great players aren't necessarily great with personnel decisions because you just go to the NBA where, okay, you got Michael Jordan, he's MJ. But the Charlotte Hornets, it's a struggle to get to 500 and get to the postseason, and they're done quick when they get there, so Great talent and great personnel decisions do not go hand in hand. It's not an automatic here.
1: Not even close, no. I think that uh, the thing about those guys who are doing those decisions is that is an extensive, high-involved job. So Russell Wilson, you just can't float in and, hey, what do you think about this move? No, if you want involvement, you need to show up at the office every day and do all the things that they're doing. You just can't do it on your terms. You got to do it the, on the job that's required, so I would love to see that. I would love to see the next jock say, yeah, I want that, okay, show up, let's watch film, let's go scout, Let go. come to the combine with us, and <laughs> let's do all the things that are required of front office folks. My guess is, yeah, I probably don't really want to do that much.
0: Easy now. You know, I think a lot of this comes down to Tom Brady going to Tampa and saying, hey, we got to get Gronk, and we can get Antonio Brown. And it works for him. These guys are scoring Super Bowl touchdowns. Brown had one, and Gronk had two. And other quarterbacks see that and think, yeah, but, you know, do you have the relationships with vets? Can you just – drop in when you really have first-hand knowledge. You know, Brady's in a unique situation and Gronk's retired, but Brady's got the relationship to talk him into playing. And so that seems more like a one or two off. I suppose what you're talking about where, hey, to draft seven guys, I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard an NFL GM talk about this, but I assume you got to look at least at 100 players. Right? As you whittle this down because you don't know who's going to be available on the board. How many guys do you have to have slotted for every round? And I just think now, now as I think about it, 100's too low they got to be looking at way more than that. The math on that is all wrong. You know, you want to know if you're going to trade up to get a guy and then assessing free agents open across the league. In a handful of situations where you got first-hand knowledge, okay. You know, but, man, across the board, that's there's too many decisions to be made. I think if we've seen anything, coaches shouldn't be that involved with NFL personnel decisions. When the coach tries to be the coach and the GM, there's usually a drop-off. There's not enough time to do all that stuff. Kansas City Chiefs place outside linebackers coach Britt Reed on administrative leave following last week's uh, three car accident that left a five year old girl in critical condition. Uh, Andy Reed did say that Britt Reed underwent surgery himself after the accident, but wasn't more specific about that. So I assume we will hear more about that going forward. And Yahoo Sports National NFL writer Therese Paler. Died unexpectedly at the age of 37. He had worked for the Kansas City Star for more than a decade before joining Yahoo to cover the NFL at large. We just did this story with a baseball reporter who Pedro died Gomez. too young. Pedro Gomez, who was 58, and that was way too young. Now a 37-year-old. All right, What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst will join us at 830 as the Jazz keep rolling. Aaron Roderick, BYU Offensive Coordinator is here at 9 o'clock. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More on the Jazz coming up next. Stay with us.